Who's got a Bible? I, but before I even, before we even talk about the Bible, who believes that God can speak to you tonight? I, I just believe that God can speak to us. I, I truly believe. I believe that God wants to speak to you. He can speak to you and will speak to you. Has anyone been prepared enough to go, no, I believe God's going to speak to me and brought no device, whether it's a notepad, an iPod, iPhone, Samsung. Yes, good. I, I encourage you. Anyone got a Bible? Or slide to the Bible and go to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Because that's going to be very important. Daniel chapter 3, we'll get there. We've got to do some uh, background first. But we're going to be looking at, tonight again at squads. So can everyone just say that, squads? squads. So squads. We're going to be look, we've been looking this year at squads in the Bible. We're going to be looking at another squad in the book of Daniel chapter 3. And if, you've got, if you're taking notes, the title of today's message is Squads of Clear Convictions. Squads of clear convictions. So in Daniel chapter 3, we're going to see a squad that had clear convictions. And I believe one youth, we've got to be a youth ministry with squads of clear convictions. Is that good? All right, so who wants to pray with me? Yep, we'll pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that your word has power. We thank you that the Bible can speak to us where we're at and it can change and shift the things of our life so that we can live better, we can live freer, that the things that may be holding our friends back, we can be propelled into a better future because we applied your word. And so we just prepare our hearts. We believe that this atmosphere is receptive, that our spirits are receptive, that our minds are receptive, that we can leave this place in a new way. And we all said, Amen. So to start, we're going to look at a, a, a few verses in Exodus, uh, chapter 23, verses 1 to 3. And the, the, the chapter is about a call to justice. And so there's many laws in our, our society about justice. So we, people go to court, all of this, because we believe in justice. If you have something stolen from you, you want justice. If my, if, if a good example in my household is, if... Um, the toilet roll has been emptied. I want that toilet roll changed. I want justice. I don't want to go to the toilet and have an empty roll there. That's useless. I need justice. And so, who knows what I'm talking about? So, yeah, that I'm still. I, God, heal my heart. Help me forgive Mariah from those empty toilet rolls. All right, but we're going to read this. So this is what it says in the Bible: You must not pass along false rumors. Come on, somebody, no gossiping. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. You must not follow uh, the crowd in doing wrong when you are called to testify in a dispute. Do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice. And do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. And so we're just going to um, look at some highlights from verse 2. And it says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. And do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice. And so squads of clear convictions do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Squads of clear convictions are not swayed or twisted. We've got to understand that. And so you are called to be in a squad of clear convictions. Can someone clap their hands, click their fingers, get excited if they believe they're in a squad of clear convictions? Come on, somebody. Numbers chapter 6, take notes of this. Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. It's called the Nazarite vow. We're not going to read it, but I encourage you to uh, 
research this in your own time, but it talks about a man or a woman. So an, uh, if you're a man or a woman, you can take a Nazarite vow. And basically, it's setting themselves apart. So they're saying, I want to be different from the crowd to be closer to God. And it could be for any reason. You might go, I just want to be closer to God for this, for that. But you can take this Nazarite vow. It says, you know what? I'm setting myself apart from the crowd to be closer to God. I don't just want to be like all my friends. I don't just want to be like what society says. I want to be closer to God. So I'm going to take this Nazarite vow. And so what they would do is basically they weren't allowed to touch alcohol. They weren't allowed to cut their hair or touch dead bodies. Now, I don't know about you. Cutting my hair is probably an issue. Um, alcohol is not really an issue, but touching a dead body is not an issue for me anymore. I'm just like, oh yeah, there's a dead human there. Let's just drag him away. I don't have those issues. But back in these days, they were the, they were the major things that they would do to set themselves apart from society. They wouldn't touch alcohol, they wouldn't cut their hair, and they wouldn't uh, touch dead bodies. Great. I, I could probably take that now right now. But it doesn't just say no alcohol. It talks about they can have n- no association with wine. So anything to do with the wine process, they would leave behind. So no grapes, no grape juice. So you couldn't have communion at church. No grape juice. Um, you couldn't have raisins. Thank the Lord. No raisins. Or anything to do with uh, wine, grapes, raisins. It talks about you can't have the skin. None of it. You've got to leave it behind. And so... If you're a Nazarite, you're basically Tarzan. You've got like, long hair, get it? Like, yeah, get it? And you can only eat fruitless hot cross buns and, fing- and like, you know when you get finger buns as well? So when it comes to Easter, no traditional Easter buns. You can't have them. You've got to have the fruitless. Come on, somebody. Or the finger buns. Don't, you can't get the fruit ones. You've got to get the non-fruitless, right? Because you've got to, if you're Nazarite, you've got to stay away from the, the raisins. And so why would the Nazarites have these, are you a good twin? Oh, sweet. (laughs) So why would these Nazarites sustain from finger buns with raisins or hot cross buns with raisins or cutting their hair? Because they had a clear conviction. They decide, no, we want to be closer to God. We want to be set apart. So we're not going to touch these things that make us like everybody else around us. And so they wanted to be close to God and they weren't going to let a raisin sway or twist or compromise their destiny. And so we've got to understand that. We go, God, you've got a destiny for me. I'm not going to let a raisin sway. I'm not going to let a raisin twist it. I'm going to get all that for you. So before we look at this this. Um, Daniel chapter 3. We're going to go through some context. No school tomorrow. Is that bringing you a bit of passion? Come on. Why is there no school tomorrow? It's a long weekend. Why? It's the Queen's birthday. Happy birthday, Queen Elizabeth. All right, we've done it. And so for us, though, we've called this June long weekend the Mortlock Shield weekend. who's, Who's anybody here got some sales from stores over this weekend? Geordie has... Jasmine has? Yeah, you got some sales? No? Anyone here? Go shopping, guys. Get some sales. Geordie's the only one reaping the benefits. So for us on the lower EP, it's sort of called the Mortlock Weekend. And so um, so many local businesses put on sales because of the football carnival. So there's people coming from all over the place, all coming down here. So the shops are like, we're going to put on sales because we want some money. Like Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. Money, 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 money. And I think we put on the sale, we're going to get the money from the people coming down. And so 
the football leagues, so obviously the football carnival's going on, the football leagues from around the Air Peninsula put together a team with their best players within a league in order to win the carnival. So, um, and I think it's a pretty cool idea, apart from Sean, he thought he got in, then he missed out because he's so old. <laughs> but the, the, the football, so what they'll do is, so rather than Sean being the best player in his team and always playing against, the, like, Geordie, the best player of my team, say, what they do is they go, let's put these guys together and make a super team. And we'll play the other super teams from around the other leagues, right? So that's what they, they do. And, and so uh, I think it's a cool idea because rather than the best players always playing against each other, they can play with each other and just have a bit of fun. Rather than bashing each other, they can bash other people. Kind of. Not like they're going out swinging, but you know what I mean? Like get bashed around playing footy. Continuing on. So the league will come to my football team and scout out my best players and say, you're now on our team. You're part of the Lincoln City squad. That's what they'll do. They say, you're part of Lincoln City squad. And so what they do is they leave behind the players that try hard. So this is an example, right? So who's heard of a coach's trophy like most improved? Anyone heard of that? That's the try hard award. So you put in all the effort. You come to every training. You're putting in the hard yards, yet you still suck. Like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how much effort you put in. It's not good. And then there's that other person, they just rock up late and just like straight A grade, best player. they got all the skills, all the moves, and you're like, this is ridiculous. For me, I've only won about five coaches' trophies and one most improved. So I'm like the, um, I get the sympathy awards all the time. So what happens is the scout kind of people come to your football club and go, all right, Sean, you're in. Josh, you're staying behind. And so that we see this thing they get for this like weekend. They get the best players, make a super team, and they leave me behind. Uh, and so, but I know it's a weird, it's kind of a weird illustration, but it's actually a perfect illustration of what happens in the book of Daniel. So there's a king called Nebuchadnezzar, and he's taken that and is from the country of Babylon, and Babylon's taken over all these countries. And so Israel is one of the countries that Babylon takes over. And basically what they do is they create a super team out of the best people from the countries that they take over. So Babylon comes to Israel and goes, okay, we're going to get the smartest, the strongest, the best looking, and then we're going to take you back to Babylon for our super team. And what do they do? Then they leave me behind because I'm the sympathy award and I don't, I don't get to come with. So... Got, looking back at finger buns again, who's seen little kids when they just eat the top off? They eat the icing and they leave the bun? That's basically, basically what Babylon's done. They've seen the icing bun of Israel, eaten the icing and left the bun for Israel behind. Icing, you come with us, the bun, that can, that can stay. So that's what's happened. So, and our squad that we're going to find out, they were the icing. So their, their other friends, the, the bun, they've stayed behind in Israel, but because they're the smartest, the strongest, the best looking, they've went to Babylon because they're the icing, they're the, the best. <laughs> so, um, and so, and I, I want to make this clear for us. What we're about to read isn't some ancient legend or fairy tale. Some people think the Bible is just like some legend like, oh, and those fairies and this. But no, it's actually a true account. It's not just a story. This is someone's diary account of their life. Uh, it's a real historical event. So I just want you to remember that. So now we're going to go to Daniel chapter 3 finally. And we're going to read the starters verses 1 to 6. Is that good? Boom. All right. Daniel chapter 3 verses 1 to 6. So Nebuchadnezzar and the gold statue. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 90 feet wide and set it up 
Right, now we're going to ver- go to verse 2. Then he sent messages to the higher officials, offic- uh, officers, sorry, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, ma- magistrates, and all the provisional officers uh, to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all of the officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races, nations and languages. I'm going to stop shouting. Listen to, oh, now I'm Listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Boom. Wow, there we go. So to break this down, we in Australia, we live in a Western culture. Who understands that? Our our society is called a Western society. So you go to New Zealand, it's Western. You go to America, Western. England, all those countries, we are Western cultured societies. And so we don't have gods or idols. We don't, like, we typically, we won't go down the street and see some idol to worship. We don't see it in Australia. Um, But it's it's so weird. So Australia is this Western culture. We don't believe in gods, but we believe in, uh, uh, just send me the good vibes. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, oh, we don't believe in gods, but we we believe, oh, just give me the positive energy. It's like, what the heck is your problem? Don't get me started. So dumb. But so society has historically been based on those sorts of things about weird idols, weird gods, and the likes of it. And so in Australia, our indigenous people, the first peoples of Australia, have a thing called the dream time. So that's what their beliefs are for creation and how things got to be how they are. You look at like the American Indians or like the, their indigenous people, they had things like totem poles. That was their equivalent of the dream time. So that's kind of their idol as such. Um, Moana, who's seen that movie? Is his name um, Maui? Yeah, so Maui. So he sings like, um, <laughs> what can I say but hey, you're welcome. And so if we know that song, it's all about that kind of a thing of like how society, like how did creation happen? And he's got all these tats. And he's like, you're looking at a demigod and he's moving his nipples and all that. And the guy's jumping around. And, and so his tattoos sort of tell this dreamtime story, we guess, of how the earth happened. And obviously, we don't believe that's what happened. But we can see that societies have been based upon those sorts of ideologies, etc. And so, um, yeah, that, it's such a, I was listening to that song yesterday. I'm like, it's so dumb. Um, but people actually believe things like that. And so, but... Um, if we go to places like Asia, there are still cultures of people who worship statues. So you can drive around random countries in Asia and be like, what's that person doing? They're worshipping some fake idol statue that's not real. It's like, mate, you've got it messed up. And so um, for us, this story can seem a bit foreign, but for lots of people it would seem normal. They go, oh yeah, we worship this weird statue because that's the God that we serve now. But we obviously believe it's not true. But so when the music plays, people are meant to bow down and worship this fake statue. And so every time I read or hear about this story in the Bible, this, there's a dumb song that comes into my head. Who's heard of a thing called VeggieTales? So obviously now, if, you know, you, if you've learned of VeggieTales in the last few years, you may have know, know it through Netflix. No, that is not the VeggieTales. And so VeggieTales is like this sort of Christian organi- was a Christian organisation that would convert Bible stories into weird, twisted it's like a similar theme, but it's not the same. 
And so that when I read the story, I think of the VeggieTales story of it, and they sing this song, which we're going to hear shortly. But just so you know, this song now affects me when I walk into like Woolworths or Foodland or Coles when there's Easter, because I see bunnies, and then the dumb song rattles through my head. So Pete, can we just have a look at that song, please? The bunny, the bunny, whoa, I ate the bunny. I didn't eat my soup or my bread, just the bunny. The bunny, the bunny, oh, I love the bunny. But now I feel sick in the head from the bunny. I didn't eat my salad, I didn't eat my steak. I had too much candy, got a tummy ache. I need to eat good food to help me to grow. I'll obey my mama, cause she loves me so. Yeah, I'll go to church, and I'll go to school. That stuff is important, and I ain't no go to the supermarket and I see Easter bunnies, all that goes through my head is the bunny, the bunny, ooh, I love, and it's wrecked my life forever. Every time, or I read this story in the Bible, I'm like, the bunny, the bunny. So the VeggieTales account, rather than King Nebuchadnezzar making a gold statue, it's like based in this like chocolate factory and they're making all these bunnies and the bad defect bunnies get chucked in the furnace and then they sell like a massive amount of bunnies and the the boss wants to celebrate and he creates this giant bunny and so when that song plays everyone has to bow down and worship the bunny and then yeah but we'll continue reading the actual story and see how it can relate to our lives but yeah so that's for me this that song's wrecked me forever so now we'll continue on Daniel chapter 3 again and we're going to look at verses um, 12 to 18 and we're going to break that down so verses 12 but there are some Jews and this is a squad that we're focusing on. This is a squad of um, clear convictions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so, um, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered the squad to be brought to um, brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, squad, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments, the bunny, the bunny. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? power he thinks he's Palpatine. So the squad replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, 
we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we were thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, um, Chrysostrata, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. And I love that verse 18. It says that even if God doesn't, we're not going. We want to make it clear to you that we're not serving your God. And so this squad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had clear convictions that they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, we're going to make it clear to you that we're not just going to do what everybody else does. We're not just going to do what the crowd says. We have a clear conviction that we, our God is God and we are only going to worship him. And so we've got to understand we have a clear conviction that says we know what's right, we know what's wrong, and we're not going to be twisted to do what is wrong. And so your convictions should be seen clearly. People should notice the, things you, notice the things you believe in. If you have a conviction, it should be clearly seen by the people around your life. And so now we're going to read this verses 19 to 30 to finish it up. So Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with the squad that, he, uh, that his face became distorted with rage. <laughs> he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind the squad and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. So the squad... Uh, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, I love suddenly moments, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a God. And so many scholars believe that man was Jesus. And so you've got to believe when you're in the toughest times, Jesus is with you in those tough times. And so then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the, um, the flaming furnace and shouted, Squad, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. It's like the parent. Come here now! You know what I mean? It's basically like that. So the squad stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched, and they don't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise the God of the squad, and he sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. Did I read that right? I think so. They defied uh, the king's command, convict, clear conviction, and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of the squad, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. They will, there will be no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king uh, pr promoted the squad uh, to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. And I love that verse 30. 
it says they went to a new level. So they had a clear conviction, they got in trouble for it, but at the end of the day, they were actually promoted to a new level because of their conviction. But what I want to say, this is so, it's quite a lot of scripture for a lot much. There's so many things we can take out of it. But the main point I want to look at today is so, um, you see this squad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and so they had clear conviction. They said to the king, we want to make it clear to you that our conviction is that our God is God and your idol is not. And so they made their conviction clear. And it wasn't twisted or swayed because everybody else was doing it. Everyone else worshipped, whether they believed in it or not, they all did it. So it, it's, I can go to things in society and be like, well, everyone else does it. I might not agree with it, but everyone else does it. But they had their clear conviction that said, whether I agree with it or not, my conviction is I don't agree and I'm not going to pursue it. And so this is the, the point I want us to remember. The fire inside them was stronger than the fire around them. When you have a conviction, it's like a fire within your life that says, you know what, the fire inside of me, the conviction in my life is greater than the fire that surrounds me. It's greater than the punishment that the world says that puts out my life. And I want one you to be a place where we have a fire of conviction within our lives. So you see this, uh, so what's your fire like? Do you have clear convictions? Do you, and so uh, some things to explain this. Do you have a job? Do you turn up late? Everyone, and the conviction could be, or sorry, the, the statement could be, well, everyone comes late. Fire up and get a clear conviction. Just because everyone else is late doesn't mean you should be late. You should be there on time, early, prepared. Um, uh, another one could be is when it comes to worship in church, youth, whatever, do you give half praise? And the, 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 the comment could be, well, everyone has no passion when they worship. But we've got to be a place where we fire up, get a clear conviction, say, you know what, no, God, we're going to give God all our praise because we have a conviction that God is my God and I want to give him everything. Often we have weak conviction when we live a life of second-hand faith. And so if you're living off the faith of, of your brother, your sister, your friend, whatever, we can be easily swayed or twisted to change what we're doing. And so when you're with your squad, we, we can have great convictions. And so we might, in a, in a group here, we may never swear. We may never steal. We may never cheat. We may never watch porn. We may never sleep around. We may never lie. We may never gossip. We may never get drunk. But the test comes when the song plays. And so we might not necessarily hear the Barney, the Barney. We may never hear that dumb song in our life. But as that song represents a time of testing, the test will come in your life. And you may not be with your squad. And do you have a clear conviction that will help you say, you know what, I'm not going to be swayed, twisted, but I'm going to do what is right. And so we've got to be in that position where we say, God, we don't want to be twisted. We don't want to be swayed and follow the crowd. And so when we have a clear conviction, we become a bad sinner. Now, I'm going to explain that. So when we have clear convictions, we are a bad sinner. Now, I'm not meaning you sin badly. I'm meaning you're not good at sinning right? So um, <laughs> when it comes to say, who know, like, I'm a bit of a, like, I like pranks for some reason. You know, um, the Alistair Fury and his Revenge Files, that's such a dumb show, but I used to kind of like it because it's like, I like pranks and stuff. But the thing, to be a good pranker, you've got to be a good liar, right? Because sometimes you've got to be able to lie, like, what's going on here? Oh, nothing. Do you know what? Like, nothing. But then if we are bad at sinning, 
would be bad at pranking because we can't lie. And so we've got to be in a position where, where when it comes to sin, lying, cheating, I want you to be so bad at it that you can't do it because you, you just, you're not twisted in that kind of way. Is that, does that make sense? So basically we're coming to an end. Land a plane. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray, and because I really believe that we can be a place of clear convictions where we don't let society shift and move and bend us, but we go, God, we know what you're saying to me personally. We know what you're speaking to me, and whether I'm in a squad or not, I want clear convictions and know to stand up for the right things and not just bend and buckle to whatever popular opinion is, right? So I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much that, that you can help be within our lives. We pray that we can truly fire up and have convictions that in order to live a life that honors you, to live a life that brings you glory. And so we just pray for the things in our life that when we're not within us in a squad, where we're not in a position of people that help bring the best out of us, when the testing comes, when the temptation comes, may we when the time comes we go, you know what, no one's gonna notice. No one's gonna be there. Jesus, we thank you that you're there with us, that you can help us truly be in a position where we can live free and have clear convictions. And so God, I pray for every person in this room right now. I pray that when they read the Bible this week, reveal things to their life. They go, God, this is a conviction I'm going to build my life on. This is something that I'm going to build my life upon that I can have convictions that help me say when the thing test comes, I go, God, this is what your plan is. This is what your purpose is for my life is. And I align myself to that not just what my friends say is good, not just what the society thinks is normal, because I want your blessings on my life. Amen.